Hey guys, welcome to episode 13 of Into the Van. Episode 13, the number 13, unlucky for some, lucky for us, we have the Danburys in conversation today, and I'm so happy I got to sit down with these guys, I've been listening to them for a while, but I kind of, there's so many people that I want to talk to that you kind of forget how many people there are you want to talk to, and as a duo, I think that's a really interesting dynamic, I've not spoke to a duo yet about their songwriting process and performance and touring and things. So it wasn't until I messaged Charles Wesley Godwin's publicist from the previous episode to try and get him in for a talk. And, you know, she was kind enough to say, well, is there anyone else from our roster that you'd like to talk to? And then offered the Danburys if they were available. And I was like, holy shit. Of course, I'd love to talk to Dorothy and Ben. And I think this is a really fun conversation. We talk about, you know, songwriting, go into personal and spiritual aspects of it all, dig into some meaning. We don't want to dig too much. And I talk about this in the podcast because you don't want to dig too much into songs, especially as a fan and as an artist. You don't want to see how the sausage is completely made. So I think this is a really fun talk. And yeah, it was such a happy coincidence that this podcast came about with the Danburys because, you know, they've just released Shine. It came out in May and it's also just come out in a, the States. And it's a fucking phenomenal record and you go need to go listen to it as soon as you can. And um, We get into a lot of the songs here in the process behind them and you know releasing it promoting it i think this is really interesting conversation so you know let's get on with it of course this podcast is brought to you by me and my record the next life it's been out a few months now well it's been out a month if this is coming out in september so i'm hoping it's still being well received and people are still listening to it i wanted this album to be something you could come back to time and time again and so far, the reception has been that it is like that. So I'm fucking thrilled and I'm stoked. And I can't believe I get to do all this. And you guys are along for the ride. So this is the next life. stream it wherever you want you can head over to my band camp and mike333west.com and pick up a physical copy there also go listen to the danbury's and stream their music shine is a phenomenal album and we go into all this so without further ado this is episode 13 of into the van with mike west and the danbury's let's do it Welcome to Into the Van with me, Mike West. And we're rolling. So thank you so much for doing this. Um, So your album Shine came out in May. What's been, because now it's three months old, I guess. What's the reception been so far once you've released it now and you're able to kind of gauge public reaction and things? Well, we're actually just now starting to really gauge that because we were it released in uh, in Europe, the UK, and New Zealand in May, but we pushed our um, our US release back to mm. it just not last Friday or July twenty fourth. Yeah, um, because our, our our publicist here um, just because of the COVID lockdown, mm. like thing had to be pushed so yeah but, but like we writers already, were getting laid off and she was like i don't even know who to pitch the album to right now <laughs> really supposed to come out like may 8th i think was our original release date mm. and 
right when everything started happening. Like it was like a month before that. Um, and we were gearing up, we'd already released two singles and, um, our publicist in the UK and Europe, he just kept going and he was like, business as usual. <laughs> so that's why we went ahead and released it yeah, in the but UK. But we, our, our publicist in the U S was like, I don't even know who, like who, ha who, who my contacts are anymore. <laughs> so oh, really? like, yeah. Yeah. The, the response has been great. I mean, it's like, it seems like it's, you know, albums take a long time to come out usually anyway, you know, they yeah. take longer than everyone, mm. the artist, and every, anyone involved in making the record, it, it always takes longer than you thought. And then now having two release dates, it just seems like the release has just been ongoing because it kind of happened. <laughs> this has been the longest yeah. release we've ever. Yeah. It started in January. <laughs> yeah, like the, uh, you know, the full on, uh, all the press that we got from, you know, Europe and the UK. And then right around the time that kind of started waning off, we started getting our, our the US press. And so it's like, kind of just keeps coming and so yeah well, we still have two music videos that we're <laughs> haven't released yet and we, our radio campaign just started so it's like <laughs> really over, yeah so we're still kind of in the middle of it yeah. over here. but to answer your question like it's it's been great i mean we've had good response to the record um it's a quite a bit different sounding record than our, our previous ones and mm. our previous ones were a little more earthy acoustic um and earthy. This, this new one is uh <laughs> you know, a little more rock and roll. And so um, I feel like, you know, the reception's been good. More writers, mostly Scottish writers that weren't too keen on the new record. I think they, they like the old stuff. I think they <laughs> like the old stuff. You know, that's okay. Um, yeah, well that's, you know, that's expected when yeah. you change your sound so drastically, you know, like. Mm. Um, and, but yeah, like, like gotten a lot of really good reviews and uh, we've been very happy with the way it's been received. Yeah. Because yeah. when I was listening to the record, I was not surprised by like the instrumentation and the kind of feel for it. Cause it is a more like not a rock and roll record, but it's got that kind of vibe. And for me, the first thing I always thought when I was listening to shine was it's an optimistic record. Like it's got yeah. like a lightness of like, it's not got like the, a, a heavy weight to it. It's got something that's quite buoyant when I was listening to it, was that like a conscious decision with the instruments and how you're writing them? Or was it just kind of a happy accident? Uh, the songs I think were written with that in mind. Um, kind of, I mean, it was just kind of like <laughs> a period of our, we like write music that comes from kind of like what we're living at the moment, a lot mm -hmm. of time or things that we've recently gone through. And so yeah. this is kind of like a rebirth a rebirthing kind of like record or like in, in, in a lot of senses. Um, I mean, a lot of the material on that record was written. I mean, all of the material on that record was written during a really hard time. And we are just as individuals and as a band together, we're like, um, we're very, oh, what's the word? I guess because we've been through so much hmm. as individuals and as a band, like we just have this, like um, we have developed a hard earned like fortitude, you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> and um, so a lot of, a lot of the songs are about overcoming struggles because like we were still kind of like in the middle of, uh, or right, kind of like coming down like the other side of the mountain from some of these like huge challenges that we had been facing. And um, so that's probably why you, you, cause it's funny that you say that cause some people are like, this album is, is dark, but there's this, Oh, there's there is an optimism there, but mm. there's a lot of material, and it really is both. It, um, you know, if you listen uh, to the lyrics, there it a lot of it is dark, um, but there's always we can't we just can't help having <laughs> this optimistic outlook even yeah. in the middle of complete hell. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, so that's kind of what comes through. Um, a lot of the a lot of pushing through, you know, like diversity or hard times, like. Kind of just keep putting one yeah, foot in front of the other. Kind of the theme, I think, of this record, uh, for sure. Yeah, um, like screw this, this hard, but we're through the other side, and we're we're very like spiritual people and not religious. I like to um, say that, <laughs> <laughs> like not religious people, but we do have a lot of, of like spirituality and, mm. and mysticism. Like we our lyrics stuff. 
Yeah. I think that's even just like talking to you briefly now, I think that comes across where there's this like not a darkness, but there's this like weight and like seriousness and gravitas to things. But I, like there's this thing and like loads of people trying to attribute it to like the British where it's like the blitz spirit and stiff upper lip and you know, carry on and whatever. But that's not a uniquely British thing. I think even when we were just talking like before I hit record about like COVID and how people are dealing with it, you can't help but kind of like laugh your way through it. And I think it's yeah. just a coping mechanism that a lot of people have to be like, well, this is dog shit. But what else can <laughs> yeah. you do? And you just have to keep going forward. And I think that's like an inherently just like universal thing. And I love mm-hmm. to see it on not only like records, but in people, because I, I hate this idea that it'd be like one nation's like defining traits when it's such a universal thing that I think people take for granted. Is that like determination and drive? Yeah. 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 We, we, we have it too, even though we live in America. We're, we're developing. I think we're all developing yeah. that a lot <laughs> right now. I think that's Everywhere. pretty, uh, the human race has been pretty dependent on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really, <laughs> really if, you, if you look at how dark our history as a, as a species has mm. been, it, it is dark, you know, yeah. that, and you think about, cause I think about this a lot. Like when I'm struggling through stuff, I'm like, man, you think about, the blood of your ancestors is literally running in your veins right now. I mean, that's like, it's in your DNA and think mm. about this. They overcame, they overcame plagues and just terrible wars and like the dark ages. And, you know, like we really do have some, some major strength, like built into us as, yeah. as, a, as human, you yeah. know, I think there's a resilience underneath everything that I think just like, is like to the core of I think like everyone because even I remember I watched The Revenant with and just seeing that as a fictionalized version I was like I wouldn't fucking do any of that. <laughs> I know I would just sat down by that tree and just died. Right? Is yeah. that what you're? <laughs> yeah, I was looking at it, but I also like Googled it and I was like, and at the same time, I thought there was pirates in the Caribbean. So it's like, I either freeze to death in like somewhere in like the North of America, or I can just go down to the Caribbean and maybe get shot at. I don't know how like <laughs> the cold countries ever got like a population or a civilization going when, you know, no one had roots. You could just move to somewhere hot and less likely to get mauled to death by a bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i think i'm with you like i don't know i can i can handle a lot of like internal struggles but if you stuck me out in the actual physical elements with bears Mm. and and like freezing temperatures and stuff i think i'd be like peace out see you next life (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i always say this like i'm like i've got a lot of motivation and drive for my music and things like that and like passion and pursuits but if someone was like you have to like hike a year to the other side of the country to then set up another civilization and you might not make it and you'll never see your family again and be like, mm, I'm, I'll wait here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like, I've never actually thought about it. I like adventure. I'd probably, I'd probably try it. Yeah. Ben will be like, son, yeah, he'd be driving the wagon. Yeah. <laughs> then I think that like, I think that's again, what like, obviously there's this drive in the human, like human core, but then all it needs is one person to go, I think I could make it. And then <laughs> the other guys will be like, I can't let him do it and me not do it. And yeah. <laughs> you, or you end up hiking across this like mountain range. Yeah. 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 Maybe not. I don't know. I think I'd stay home. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's the young, it's like the, it's like the, the early 20-somethings that, <laughs> that, that venture to the new world. <laughs> I don't know, I think I would have stayed home, I would have stayed home, I'd been like, you know what, it's cool, I'll just be like, we're oppressed. <laughs> <laughs> and like, one of the things from like, obviously listening to music and reading your biography and things, you don't follow the beaten path and i've been just before this podcast i was watching have you seen logan the last like wolverine film oh no 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 but i do know who that is well i was i was watching it and i've been kind of thinking about how they made this r-rated superhero film in the middle of like a superhero craze and that film has stood out as one of the most critically acclaimed you know 
beloved films and it's always you know even if you look at like yourselves and your previous albums including this one and you look at artists like stage or simpson or whoever they kind of define a path that a lot of you know mainstream outlets would say isn't a path to tread down but that is where fans and stuff always connect like that seems to be the one even if it's not critical acclaim it's connects to a lot more people for some reason and you guys have like because I know you wouldn't intentionally, you know, you don't write this to go fuck the establishment or this is our own path. It's just <laughs> something you need to do. But has that ever come across your mind as to like the reasoning behind that or how that relates to your fan base? Uh, I mean, we were pretty green when we first started and it was just kind of like, we like, we like to play music and we wrote some songs and let's make a record and it'll be fun and let's be like wacky. And all of our friends were bluegrass musicians. So... Mm. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah. but I mean, we, as each record goes on, like, we still write songs, just that they just kind of come out however they come out. You know, we're mm. not necessarily trying to fit a mold. Yeah, but, we don't use like formulas at but, all. Um, we just kind of write from the heart. Yeah, but I mean, but with the newest record, like we had for the first time, we had like an outside producer, mm. one of which drummer um, who amazing musician and he kind of helped us rework some of the structures of some of the songs to maybe make them a bit more not as like out there as as we had them just like you know <laughs> odd time signatures here and there and yeah. like kind of out, he took out all which, the odd time signatures which, uh, that we had. <laughs> um, what were those debates like with someone obviously you guys write together and it's a close-knit thing for someone to come in and say that this you know, not necessarily isn't going to work, but with these time signatures things, what was that debate like when you were going in? We hated it and we're like, oh, because like, he like didn't come at us with like these ideas till like literally like weeks before we were going to the studio. Right, yeah. And so it was kind of felt last minute and we'd already been gigging some of the songs and felt like we'd gotten to know them. And um, we were like, oh, you're changing. Like, but, and when you change like little things about mm. a song at the last minute, like right before you go into the studio, it's like, it's like trying to wrap your head around You've just gotten so like in, mm. in playing it, singing it a certain way. But like, as far as like disagreeing but, with Marco. Well, I mean, like, at the at the end of the day, though, like we're like, well, we'll try it, and then like we'd try it, and then it was either like, well, yeah, that's better. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> or, or it would be like, well, I don't know if it's better or not, but it's not any worse. So let's just do. It. Like you know, now I, I couldn't even tell you how any of the songs used to go. You know, because yeah. like it's just. So, I mean, I think, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know, maybe it was kind of a sidestep from the question you asked, but, I mean, I think that definitely, like, you know, it's like you want to, you know, we've been playing music for 10 years, and so, like, you you do want people to, like, be able to, like, jump on board, and, like, mm. you want people to listen, you know, and, and be a part of it, and, like, that's part of what you're doing is trying to grow, you know, your audience um, so you can keep doing it. Mm. Uh, but, um, but... It, but you know, it's like it's just kind of. I mean, there's a lot of bands that, that are like us that I feel like it's it's been interesting to watch. You know, they kind of came up in the acoustic roots community, kind of bluegrass, and then like every record on, they kind of get a little further away from that and a little more like, well, now we have drums or now we have this, and you know, and some of them kind of go make a jump more towards pop. You know, it's like, well, mm. we're bluegrass pop, you know, or like for us, I think it was just all. It's all been song driven and and then like with latest record like we just wrote songs and then our producer happened to put together this like super awesome band that just like that we never would have put together here and Mark producer is an amazing drummer I mean he's like our dream drummer so like when we got him on this the project we were like yes yeah. like we couldn't have like I almost don't think that I would have wanted any other drummer yeah. I can't even think of another drummer mm. that I because his sound is just so exactly what we wanted. Because we've always been very rhythmically focused, you know, even without drums, people would always say, wow, it's just like, I don't even miss the drums listening to you guys because <laughs> we were impressive with our, with our instruments. So um, I forgot what the original question was. Are we rambling? <laughs> no, this is the best thing. This is why I enjoy podcasts. I've been doing a few interviews. I'm releasing an album on Friday. And I've been getting 
asked like things and it was nice because I've been sitting down and doing these podcasts and I did a radio interview and I had to fit basically what I talk about for an hour into five minutes. Nice, so yeah. ramble away because I absolutely love because all the <laughs> and things you just explore, it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we were totally thankful and grateful to Marco for coming in and kind of straightening our stuff out and making it a little bit more accessible. Cause I think, um, in the end, like I, I think it, yeah. it's a better yeah, She says accessible. And unfortunately for lots of radio, like for lots of the bigger formats that you kind of need to be on to some degree to be taken seriously, to be considered to play the festival you want to play or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever it might be like it, it, there is a bit of a, a formula, you know, or not so much a formula, but there's definitely some things that like aren't going to get you there, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, song-wise, arrangement-wise, production-wise, and so thankfully, like we were in good hands on all that, and we, you know, we just got to be the creative folks and write some songs and be like, hey, look at our songs, and they're like, okay, those are cool, we can work with those, and let's do this, 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 and so, and it was like, you know, it all worked out, and we learned a lot on this, on this. Um, record i mean i've always been the primary guitar player on the previous records and on this one i wasn't on a lot of the tracks and uh the so the couple guys that were playing guitar on this record were just phenomenal and i learned so much like sitting across from them watching them Mm. work i mean we cut it all live um so it all went down live and so i'm sitting right across from you know some some of the greatest boston musicians you know seasoned and, uh, you know cool cool yeah. cool cats and like you know just super tasty players and um so we definitely like between learning how to better arrange our songs and then just the different recording process with different people we definitely learned a ton that i think was going to carry over to the next record that, yeah. that so hopefully you know i guess your the idea is to always make your next record like hopefully it's as good or better than the last one you know so, <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know, like, that seems like the process to me anyway. Hopefully. Yeah. That's the goal. And just to like go into your process a bit, obviously you talk about like you guys are the core of writing and stuff. So on a song like Francis, how did that originate? Because I don't like saying explain your songwriting process because that's like trying to describe the color of the sky. But I feel like you can hone <laughs> in on a specific song and that origins it gives a bit more of like a more refined insight into it, but either Francis or, you know, is there a particular song from Shine that you remember writing and seeing its evolution from the first chords to the record? Francis, he's looking at me because Francis was one of the songs. I mean, they're all different. So like Ben basically wrote um, Love Conquers War and Rain. And I, I helped him write the chorus for Rain. And I maybe changed two words on Love Conquers War. Francis was one that um, I had in the bag already. Um, I had I had written it. I don't know how long ago. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty, that, that one had been around for a little while. And I had been trying to get it on every record. <laughs> the people that we were we had worked with before, like didn't feel like it was, you know, Dan Barry's material. Mm. So, um, when Marco picked this one, we, we, we sent them like several songs, uh, like 20 something songs and or 30 songs or something. When he wrote back and said he wanted to cut Francis, I was like so excited because <laughs> that's one that I've been, I've been trying to get recorded for a while. And I mean, I feel like we did, we did finish it though. Like we had, it, right. like it had, um, I had all like the elements mm. and then Ben and I sat down and like arranged like, okay, what's the bridge going to be? What's, you know, we like put it together and made it an actual song and then sent that off as a demo. Yeah. Um, that, that song in particular though, like, I mean, a lot of the songs on the record had never been played live or had really never been played anywhere other than with Dorothy and I in an acoustic guitar, you know, mm. like in our house. Yeah. And so, like, to hear Francis now, it sounds like Pink Floyd or something, you know? Like, um, you know, like, I mean, parts of it are, like, kind of, to me, it, it, I hear some of that stuff in there. And so, like, yeah, you know, the, that was, like, really the first time we ever, you know, heard it that way was when it, that was probably the second, that was probably a one or two take song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't even really run the songs in the studio with the musicians before we 
played them down. You know, we kind of just talked over the charts and then like, all right, we'll hit record and we'll see what happens. And yeah. so like, <laughs> you know, it happened so fast, but then like, you know, just, which I think was part of the magic of making the, the record that way is like, you know, it's like we're, we've written the song, but then we're hearing it in real time and it sounds like something we've never even imagined really. Mm. Um, and vibing off that and getting energized by that, I think that goes on to the tape too, you know, like that excitement. That's, I don't know. I, it sounded pretty much exactly the way I wanted it to sound. I always heard yeah. that song. Mm. <laughs> like big and, and awesome. I just, that was one that I had in my head. I was like, this one's going to get recorded and it's going to sound so big and awesome. But our process is like, as far as like songwriting is just so like you said, it's, it's so different every time. Usually one of us has a little bit of a something and, you mm -hmm. know, kind of bring it to the table. Like I know like on shine, like Ben, Ben had like the melody and the chorus and he was just playing it or he was, I maybe you were just playing the, the rhythm, but um, I like stole that from him. I was like, I was like, I'm writing the lyrics to that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just, I took it and just started working on it. Um, it's just so different every time. Like, and, and like, like on Miss Moses, or, uh, the, the river is wide. Sorry, we changed the name of them. Um, on the river is wide. I was walking through the living room and Ben was like playing his guitar and he like played like the riff, like on Miss Moses. And I just sang a little bit to him, you know, I was like, we can run, but they keep coming. And and we just like looked at each other like, oh, damn, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just kind of were like, okay, let's reconvene on that tonight. You know? And so we did. And it's just, uh, it's just so different, like every song. And then like we wrote three songs with uh, John Weisberger and he's like, we, we went to his house every day and sat down at his kitchen table, hmm. you know, and he had his laptop and he was typing his lyrics. And I had my, like Ben and I each had like a little notepad for old school and we sat at the table and like hammered out a song until we had them you know so every single song was written so differently you mm. know like the process is just so different mm -hmm. um i'm trying to think <laughs> usually i am more of the the lyric person like i'm more picky or um I enjoy that part more. And then Ben's Ben's really good at the, uh, like the chord structures mm. and stuff like that. So we kind of, and this was actually the first one that we, that we co-wrote like every other album we've put out either. I wrote it and I sang it or Ben wrote it and he sang it and I sang harmony with him. Mm. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So this one we co-wrote pretty much. Song. I mean, even the songs that one of us, mostly wrote the other one person at least helped us a little bit on it so and with writing you say up to like 30 songs was that in between th like the last album and this album was that 30 new songs uh kind of i mean yeah. some of them were had been hanging around for a while mm -hmm. you know but maybe weren't ready or you know we just like or know, we had like, part of it and we yeah. finished it i mean a lot of you know you're you write songs, I assume you're putting out a record. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but you know, I mean, most songwriters have like, whether it's they're on their phone or, you know, Dorothy used to have a little recorder with a small little tape in it, you know, and like, or like she, then, then we got fancy and she had like a digital one, you know, and, mm. but you know, you, like, you keep your little notes and, and hopefully you don't lose them over the years. And one day you need a bunch of songs and you start combing through them. And so, I think like out of those 30 songs, like probably 10 or 15 were ideas that had mm. been around you now that had not been totally forgotten. And, um, and then like, I don't know, probably eight or 10 of them were kind of new creations for sure. Yeah. Um, brand new. And I honestly, I feel like most of the ones that were selected to go to the studio were the newer ones that we'd written. Um, yeah. So, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, like the three songs that we finished with John Weisberger, uh, it's like the road holding holding the bag. Was that one of them? No, I don't think it was. Never gone the road, and then there was one more that we did. It's not on the record. That's not. On, oh, it's not on the record. I don't remember. Anyway, 
<laughs> those were like old songs that I'd had around. I had like a verse or two and a chorus and I just like hadn't finished them. Mm. And I was like, so, and they were like unfinished songs that like, I just never forgot because I really liked them. And I was like, okay, we have to co-write this record. Cause that's what our, one of our co-producers wanted us to do. And um, so we didn't really know how to do that because we like had never <laughs> successfully co-written anything together before. Mm. So we, that's why we pulled John in at the beginning because we were like, we need to learn how to like do this. Because, <laughs> you know, it's like talking to each other professionally and working on a song is like, is communicate, communicating in that setting is totally different from the way you communicate as a husband and wife mm. and never really been able to like make that jump and like be super professional with each other in the songwriting process. And it always ended up in like tears or like anger. <laughs> I was usually the one crying. Ben was all <laughs> crying. Made me cry. Yeah. Black eye. It's usually me, you know, I guess. I was probably always the one crying. That's um, <laughs> something I've always found fascinating because there's such like a storied history of co-writing and like working together to write songs. And I've always been on the outside of that where it's something so personal that you have to then bring to the table to then share with someone else who yeah. then may try and take that idea that you're so beholden to that yeah. it can't help but cause like a friction sometimes. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. That was my theory on why we weren't able to co-write for the first few albums because I felt like it was our, th those were our first, like our EP and then our first two full lengths after that, which were the, the three before the new one. Like, <laughs> like, you know, those were, that was kind of each of our, those are our like first times of being able to kind of like write our own songs and put them out there. Mm. And I feel like we had like a lot that we personally wanted to say that we'd been saving up our whole lives, you know what I'm saying? To like yeah. say this thing. And so when we were writing those, the first 20, 25 songs that we've released, I, I think it was very personal. And I think that had a lot to do with us not really being able to open up to each other mm. or trust or with my sacred you know, idea or whatever it was, you know, but then the new record was kind of like, okay, we both kind of said our own piece in our own way. So let's do it different. So yeah. And now I, I love, I mean, I, we were kind of scared to co-write in the beginning because we were just like, can we even do this? What's this going to be like? And now we're like, yes, like I can't, I don't even want to write a song without Ben. I don't know how he feels. Um. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> well, that's such an interesting thing because obviously I'm only a solo artist, so I've only seen duos from the outside. And you'd think with a duo who's obviously married and spent their like a long time together, they'd work almost seamlessly together, but that kind of undermines what a relationship is as well. Because as a songwriter, you have your own voice that you're trying to get across and present to the world. And you're also trying to present your idea to it. And that's the same thing in a relationship where it's like, well, this is who I am and that's who I am. And you don't want to, you know, compromise too much of yourself to lose like the integrity of it. So as a, like a duo it must have been like really interesting and like a hard way to kind of go through the initial career to try and be like get both of your voices across in an accurate way that is very true <laughs> yeah i mean it's just like it's tricky because you know like i mean just your normal band where people aren't in relationships you know can blow up at the drop of a hat like you know in a rehearsal like hey timmy your guitar line needs to be different you know or hey that bass line sucks why don't you do something else you know <laughs> kind of get mad blow it up but i mean but that it like when you're married and you're like rehearsing or you're working up a show i mean it's like you have to you figure out real soon that you have to like be gentle in your communications mm -hmm. or you know what i'm saying it is like there's you almost have to like put on your like, Oh, I'm in a band now hat and I'm not married. And so now like we're communicating things about the music and I'm not knocking you as a person by saying this, or, or, you know, you're not knocking mm. me. You're like, this is outside of our marriage. This is music and like working on it. And it's hard to separate that a lot of times. Um, it, it took a long time to kind of get, you know, to that place where, where you can, whether it's writing a song together or like, just working up your show or whatever it is, you know, it's like, there's a, it can be 
pretty deep, you know, like as far as, cause I mean, I mean, just, you know, I mean, people, people in bands that have been in bands together for a long time. I mean, that's kind of like a marriage too, mm. you know, and it's very, you know, people are very passionate about their art. And, um, but then you put like your, your living and married to someone on top of that. And it's just like, it can, it can be real confusing at first, you know, and, but I, I, de I definitely think that you touched on something about like getting your creative voice voices to kind of um, like work together and also not like lose yourself in it. Right. Because like the first EP or the only EP, the, the first thing we released our EP was four songs that Ben wrote. I mean, they were all Ben, you know, it was all Ben. And I um, hadn't really written anything at that point And, when I started writing stuff, it was kind of more like, you know, feminine. Mm. <laughs> like Ben's stuff was kind of like dry. He was like really into bluegrass at the time and was really aggressive. And like his songs were like these like really aggressive kind of like bluegrass tunes. And um, here I come along with my like sad girl songs, you know? And uh, so it was kind of uh, weird and hard to, to sort of get my voice in there. And I think if you listen, if like if you listen to our discography like in order, you you kind of see that happen where it's like the EP was like a very masculine sort of like mm. like record, and then I I start coming in and it becomes like softer and and. Like you, you, you can, you can hear my voice, my voice, my literal voice and my, <laughs> my songwriting sort of come in. And it was, it was hard to do that because I, I felt, I felt a little weird at first. Like, Oh, am I, are my sad, are my sad, you know, like sort of feminine songs like going to fit into this thing that we've got going. And, and then I remember you kind of struggled a little bit like playing, guitar on those songs because you just were not used to playing guitar like that mm -hmm. and so it really has evolved over the years um where we were like separate you mm. know and kind of had our own sounds going and then over the years we've kind of grown together and then I would say like this album is definitely the first time where you really get you get to hear like what does it sound like when Ben and Dorothy get together and like make music that is a total mm. amalgamation of the two of them <laughs> you know, not like one person compromising for the other, but like 12 songs that are, that are 50% worth of 50% Ben, you mm. know? And throughout your songwriting, have you found, obviously you talk about like masculine and feminine ideals. Have you found yourselves kind of switching those perspectives from your songwriting? So you'll, you know, Dorothy writes something a bit more like, you know, for lack of a better term, masculine or something a bit more driven. And Ben, is it more like, are you not afraid to show your softer side or something a bit more delicate, really? Sure. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've, honestly, some of the favorite songs, my favorite songs that I've personally written um, are the more softer ones, chill, kind of like introspective. Um, but no, I mean, I don't know. Dorothy like writes songs too that, that, you know, are, are aggressive and, mm -hmm. you know, I did. I, so, I mean, I think yeah. there's, I mean, on this record, on Shine, there, there's a lot of, cover a lot of ground, I feel like, with <laughs> the, with the, all the different songs, you know, they're all, no two are really the same, you know, and then like they, there's a wide variety. Some of it sounds like Southern rock and some of it sounds mm. like, like psychedelic rock and some of it, like, I don't know what it sounds like, but <laughs> it's like cool, you know, like, it, I don't know. It's, yeah, I I feel like we've both over the years gotten comfortable exploring like both sides of the of the coin, you know, mm -hmm. of the masculine feminine coin. Like I've definitely I remember trying to write songs um for the last two albums um previous to this one that were more, you know, kind of like up tempo, mm. aggressive grassy kind of songs. Um like did that intentionally <laughs> um and ben yeah i think some of his better songs are are the um his best songs are the more feminine songs too which he wasn't really writing so much at first mm. so yeah i think we've learned from each other and pushed each other and uh definitely grown because of 
because we're in a duo together and we've had to, because <laughs> it is harder, mm. you know, get everything your way. <laughs> mm. yeah. I've always found it weird with like, um, like masculine ideals and like art and stuff, because, you know, if you look at, you know, the epitome of who like men are in like film and stuff. So if you look at Clint Eastwood, for example, as like one of the most iconic men in film, but you break down like what he was actually doing, which was still playing dress up and putting on makeup and then pretending. Yeah. And you yeah. kind of pick apart those things. And it's like all these masculine ideals that have been portrayed in art still have like this emotional core to it that I think can be forgotten in a lot of stuff. And it's even with like music and stuff, you can have someone with all this swagger and stuff. But if you strip it back, it's a guy singing about how much a girl's hair is feelings or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about music is that it really is, it really is like both sides. It, it is very masculine and feminine all at the same time. It, it really never is both mm. or, or just one and not the other. I always thought about the lyrics, to me, for whatever reason in my head, I always think of the lyrics as being the more feminine part because that's where you're connecting with your emotions, mm. you know? And then the masculine part is sort of like the, um, to me, it's like the form, right, of the song and like mm. the, the angles of the the way the song turns and the, the chord progressions changing. And it's like, I don't know, for whatever reason, I don't know. I don't know why, but that's how I always think of, of music. No, that's a really interesting thing. I think, you know, I've never thought of it in that way, but I think if you kind of look at it like that, it is like the emotional meat and the... Um, like methodical in terms of progression and structure and chord placement things. It's like the perfect, it is again, it's just like the union of those things to create something that can come. But you were saying at the beginning about like spirituality and things, have you tried to get that across much in your work and things? Cause I have like, not like I'm not a Buddhist, but I have like Buddhist leanings and I've read a lot on that type of stuff. So a lot of my songs is me trying to reconcile those beliefs and things. Do you guys do the same thing with your work? Yeah, I I think that our um, spirituality definitely um, is really, really clear if um, you pay attention to some of the lyrics. Mm. Um, (laughs) Like for instance, Francis is about a past life that I- Mm. Oh really? Yeah. So there's a lot of that in there that you wouldn't really know unless, unless you asked, you know? Um, but we definitely like, cause I feel like that's why we do this. Right. Like I, I feel like, you know, you're kind of here. There's, there's a, a reason why we're all here. Like we all have like a purpose and a gift and something that we're bringing and it's in, and in my belief system, I guess, I think that, it's all about service, right? So like, I think that we intentionally try to infuse our music with, with high vibrational healing um, energy hmm. um, because that's what we're supposed to be doing. Like that's what, uh, that's what our purpose is here. And it's not just music. Like I, I also do energy healing and, you know, other stuff like that. So Um, I think it definitely is a huge, huge, huge part of the music and and you might not really notice it until, unless, you know, I, I, like you hear me talking about it explicitly, Mm. but there's a lot of, um, like mysticism and symbolism, um, weaved into the lyrics. That's cool. And Francis, because I remember listening to and like I've pulled the lyrics up and things and it's such like an important story and it's delivered with such emotion that like now you've said that that makes complete sense to that song. <laughs> it's just like another little thing that like clicks and you go, Oh shit. Yeah. That's the whole, like not the whole picture, but that's another aspect of it. That's kind of like revealed. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny to hear people guessing yeah. about what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's nobody the, ever guesses that. that's the funny part about the yeah you know the whole process of putting out a record and you know like reviewers and other, like you know all these people that do reviews they all handle it different and some mm. of them like occasional reviewer likes to try to guess what every song's about you know and it's like, 
really funny. It can be really funny. We had a few funny ones on this record. <laughs> somebody's like, somebody about Francis, one of the viewers was like, <laughs> they're like, I guess it's about like Pope Francis and like, <laughs> Get my Catholic church back in order. Yeah, get the Catholic church back in order. That was his take on it. That's so interesting. It's so interesting that someone would take that perspective, but then obviously that's a bigger reflection on them than you guys. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that was what it was. We got a good laugh out of that. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't, he wasn't that far off. Right. It wasn't that far off. I mean, um, definitely not about the Pope, but um, Francis was a, a, a priest in the Catholic church. So it was interesting that he mm. picked up that part of it. So um, yeah. it's cool. <laughs> yeah. I always remember I saw, I can't remember who tweeted it or wrote it, but someone said that when a songwriter explains their song, it's like a magician revealing the tricks. So yeah. I, I don't like to like deep dive too much with artists in case like, you know, I don't want to <laughs> strip away the, um, person's belief system because there's so many songs that you kind of build up to be like oh it means this or it means that yeah. and it's so yeah. much more fun to see the life that it takes and even sometimes you know you could say that and then that review could be like no it's definitely about the pope but it's right. like, yeah. and it came yeah. <laughs> yeah you know and that's like the that's we intentionally do that like we we do try to keep some mystery um just so that the songs can mean whatever they need to mean mm. people, you know, cause you do sometimes like when you hear, Oh, that's what that song is about. Then it's something else. I mean, this has happened to me where I thought a song was about a certain thing and it really connected with me. Mm. I found out it was about something else and it kind of was like, Oh, well, it doesn't mean that to me anymore. You know? So, yeah. so it is kind of nice to like leave a little mystery there so people can, can feel free to like make it what it needs to be for them. You know I mean? Mm. We do music for ourselves, but we also make it for other people. It's a gift you know, to other people. So I want to leave it open enough that, that they can do with it what they need to. Do you think that's something kind of not the country or Americana genre is cursed with, but with a lot of other genres like hip hop or like metal, there's these overt meanings that people like argue over all the time. So if you look at Black Sabbath, they'd be saying how like a lot of people would say it was about like Satan or something. And the band could come out and say, no, it's definitely about this. But people would still like ignore it while with country and, you know, like these type of genres, people seem to want to pick it apart a bit more to get to the root of it. I don't know if it's because they think it's a more honest form of storytelling, but people seem to want to really do a deep dive on, you know, your songs or things like that. Yeah, they really do. I think that you're right. I think that it's just like a genre thing. Like country music is like, I, I feel like. Um, it's usually pretty obvious. What it's yeah. About. Like country music fans typically want to know what you're talking about. Mm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's like, oh, he stayed at the bar too long and had two extra beers and now his wife's mad. And that's, oh, that's what the song's about. I understand. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like, it's like, there you go. Um. But, you know, I feel like, you know, maybe that's not, that's not totally accurate to say yeah, all country no, music not. fans are like, that's not true. But like, that's what you'll run up against, you know, a lot of times when, when you're songwriting and like for a country format is, is like people uh, traditionally, you know, that's traditionally how country songs have been written. Mm. Just often, you don't want your, your user or your, your listener to have to guess at what you're singing about. But to me, that's what makes music that's so hot. Awesome. Like, yeah that's the fun of it yeah that's the fun part is like trying to guess what it's about and you know i don't know i don't like it i mean i honestly don't like to be told exactly what a song mm. is about i don't like it when it's like super obvious i'd rather have a little mystery there you know mm. <laughs> sometimes there could be a song where like you don't really like think you like it but then you actually and you think it's about something but then you actually hear the story behind it and all of a sudden you're like oh wow okay that's an amazing song <laughs> Like, I don't know, like the, uh, there's this like pop song that I'm sure everyone's heard in all the time. It's like called Closing Time or something. It's like, Closing Time, da 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 da. You know that song? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, I was just. Green Day? No, I don't, I don't know who it was. But, you know, it was like, it was a big, huge song. It was like all over the radio for forever. And, you know, and I always just assumed, like, oh, that's a song about the bar, right? Mm. Well, 
not. It was a song that was written about like the nursery ward, like in a hospital, like where the babies are. Really? And so the next time you listen to that song, if you know that, it's like, it's pretty genius because it sounds, upon just listening to it, not knowing that, you're like, you just kind of hear closing, and you're like, oh, this is just like the bar, mm. you know? And, but if you listen to it knowing that he actually, that it was actually written about being in a hospital, like where all they, they keep all the babies and, you know, and they like have strict hours and, and it's actually about that. And when I heard that and then I heard that song again, it was like, oh, wow, actually like, you know, I never liked that song. <laughs> but then I was like, okay, I have any respect for this song now that I know mm. what it's about. And it's like way more like intelligent than I thought it was, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember I was uh, reading it because I got like dead obsessed with George Jones for a while and there's the song, The Grand Tour. And I was like trying to find out like the meaning behind it or like find the songwriter and see what that was. And it's obviously just a heartbreak where it's like over there, sister chair. And it's like she left, but then someone put up a theory that it was the wife and the baby had passed away. And it made it like an even sadder song. I was like, holy shit, is that a popular song? <laughs> That was like a number one single for George Jones, and it's about like matricide. <laughs> oh God! Uh, Could have been, you know, like we'll find out for you. <laughs> let, let me know. I've got a guy. I got a guy. I got a guy. Ask. Yeah. Who's your guy? Yeah, he used to play with George. Oh, yeah, we'll see. Oh, I don't know who is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. That's pretty brutal, though. Yeah, because it was, and then it's, I can't remember the line of it, but it's, then they both, they tore my heart away or something, and you're like, oh my God, has he lost his entire family in this song? Yeah. Some of the old country was really extra brutal. Yeah. Like, you know, like, they really. Sometimes I don't even know how those people were, like, still walking and breathing and, like, like, making it, and, like, actually having the energy to be creative and make music, you know, like, because of all the tragic stuff that was happening in their lives. Mm. <laughs> Like, I'm like, how did you even find the strength to get up and <laughs> go write that song? Because yeah. there have been times when I, some of the material was just too traumatic. You know, I was actually talking to somebody about that the other day. Like, sometimes I can't process something with music because it's too, mm. like, I would start to write it and I would just cry for four hours. You know, so it's like, mm. it would take four years or something to be able to, like, revisit that that emotional moment in time without it just tearing me to pieces, you know? So mm -hmm. I think it's a gift when people can write about something that tragic in the midst of it, yeah. you know, like channel it into something creative. Yeah. There's like a catharsis and a mourning process to stuff like that. I think that, you know, it, obviously they couldn't do it when it was fresh, but with perspective and stuff, they can come back to it. But that's what I'm always not confused about, but, you talk, you hear about like mainstream radio and I want to play things and they, you know, Taylor Swift's new albums just come out and they say it's like too emotional. But then, you know, four <laughs> years ago, you had George Jones singing like the most heartbreaking songs ever in like, he stopped loving her today and stuff. And it's like, how is that not any, like, how is it not the same thing? Yeah. And how can music be too emotional? Yeah. Like, what, <laughs> what is that? That's what music is. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, like that connects right is the stuff that's that connects emotionally with other people i don't know to me you know i know some people just like to tap their foot but like <laughs> for me i want to like feel something mm, you know? yeah, definitely i think there's like i don't know if people don't want to admit it, but i have like a sad song playlist where it's like okay i want to just sit here and like be an emotional wreck for a bit and i'll just put that playlist on because it is yeah. again it's just a cathartic like yeah. cleanse and experience to have those type of songs that are a necessity for you. I yep. have an, I have an album for that too. Yeah. One album, Julie Lee, Till and Mule. <laughs> That's my ball, ball your eyes out album. <laughs> <laughs> I have, um, there's maggot brain by Funkadelic is like the oh, yeah. lead in track. And then yeah. I'll put um dark was the night on by blind Willie Johnson. And then there's an artist called Anthony and the Johnsons. And there's a song called hope there's someone. And that just leaves me a mess by the end of the track. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised that maybe I haven't heard this Funkadelic song. You know that song. It's Is like it a ten, it's like a ten minute guitar solo. It's a it's pretty pretty out there. Oh, it's okay. fantastic. 
Eddie Hazel was the guitarist on it, and apparently, from like when they were in the studio, the producer or whoever said, "Play this, like play this solo as if you've just found out your mother's just died." Oh god! And it's like the most heart wrenching guitar, like piece I've ever listened to. And I'm not a fan of like Joe Satriani and things like that, but this is just a perfect like display of emotion from that instrument. Oh yeah! Wow! That's a that's a epic guitar solo for sure. Yeah. Okay, gonna have to go listen to it. Yeah, I'll send you a playlist after this. I'll drop you an email with it. I must listen. If, but um, make sure you're in a good place before you open the email. You're not going to be like upset to it. You don't have anything to do for the rest of the day. Right. Or if I just like need to cry, so <laughs> I might just use it for that. You know, that's what we need. We, may, we need to make another Spotify playlist. So it's just like sad songs. And mm. <laughs> yeah. have fun doing that during quarantine, like making Spotify playlists. And, yeah. Um. I was like, we're out of ideas. Now we have a new one. <laughs> <laughs> but we're coming up to the hour mark, and obviously I don't want to keep you guys too long. So with, obviously we're in the middle of the pandemic and things. Do you have any plans after Shine to, you know, get back out and tour and come over to the UK and Europe? Well, we've just been emailing about that, kind of trying to gauge like what's going on over there. So it looks like people are starting to stir around, like mm. maybe putting out some, I don't know, we're going to see what's going on in the middle of next year, kind of oh, looking cool. at, but, but then again, I also just saw like on Facebook today, a friend of mine out West is, I don't know, there's like a lot of promoters of festivals and stuff here in the States and early 2021, they're all starting to cancel. So, right. I mean, it's probably, yeah, it's probably going to be middle to late next year before anything super cool is happening, but we're doing like live streams as much mm. as we can. Some of the venues here in Nashville have kind of invested money into their live stream situation. And so, like, we're doing some of that stuff and, like, you know, maybe play, like, some house shows and some smaller shows like that, you know. Um, just kind of getting out there when we can, when it seems right and safe. And uh, and then, but, you know, it's just it's just going to be a minute for it to open up. So, um, but, yeah, we're starting to kind of put the feelers out there for next year and just going to kind of see what, going on but it's nobody nobody has any answers <laughs> that's the thing i think it's like it's hard because i've been looking booking like a tour around and stuff and you don't even know what venue is going to be standing by the end of it yeah. so you right. don't want to like put your foot in your mouth too fast and then have to change a load of dates right yeah. yeah that's kind of been my take on it too it's like i you know it's like do i want to spend a bunch of time to book a bunch of dates in like middle of next year just to have to reschedule them all because mm. it's kind of where, I mean, I've already, people already, you know, there are a lot of people that already rescheduled their stuff for the fall, which obviously has been canceled again for this well, like fall. If you, if you schedule so, something and then yeah. your anchor date falls through and yeah. it's like, yeah. well, then you're going out on this tour and you're like yeah. in the hole, you know, because yeah. you're, but so it's just like, I think we're going to like write a new record is probably what's going to happen. And, and, and like, yeah, just like begin, everybody else. you know, just like, I mean, yeah, it could be worse things happening. So yeah, have the time to write some more. And, and when the, finally, when the water's right and safe, uh, like we'll get back out on the, on the road and definitely want to come back to the UK. Like we, we went, um, done two UK tours and really have had a great time. Yeah. Both times. Loved and, it. Um, Loved it. Went up and, up and down the whole, up to Scotland and all the way down to uh, to Wales. To well, all the way over to Wales and all the way down to Dorset, and uh, you know, like so, seeing a good part of of the country over there, and everybody was wonderful. So we want to come back. Oh, amazing! I would like to stay, yeah. but I don't think you guys would take us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we definitely would, but we've come to an hour, guys, and obviously you've got so much more to do for the rest of the day so i'll let you guys go but thank you so much for coming yeah. on this and hopefully uh, yeah. by the middle of next year we can do a live version and a part two of this sweet yeah, yeah that'd be awesome sounds great yeah thank you thanks so much thank you so much yeah. oh. nice to meet you <laughs> we'll catch you later and there we have it folks that's episode 13 of into the van i've been having such a fucking trip doing these podcasts and getting to talk to these people and you know as a you know, on a personal and professional level, I'm hoping that I'm slowly getting more professional or, you know, helping to carry a conversation, asking questions that people find interesting, most importantly, asking questions that I hope they find interesting. 
as someone who does press as well, you know, you get asked a lot of questions. So I always try and ask questions that I wish I was asked or something that I think would lead to a good tangent or a good story or a good example that'll be interesting to not just listen to for myself, but it'll be interesting for them to think about and explain. And hopefully through that process, it'll be interesting to listen to as well for you guys. So, you know, let me know what you think. Let me know if we think we should change this podcast to something other than Into the Van, because as I keep saying, this isn't Into the Van really anymore until we can get back on our feet and travel around. Who knows what's going to happen, but you know, go listen to Shine by the Danbury's and go check out their back catalog. The evolution of them as an artist is really a phenomenal and interesting thing to watch and how good the songs are. And this podcast, just as a fan and a listener myself, has made me give each album, you know, another listen through and really process them as people and perform as an artist. And it's been such a fucking fun experience. But yeah, I hope you've had fun, guys. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy. Peace.